0: Now, here's your host from Max Out Savings Advisors, Ted Gioka.
1: Good Saturday morning and welcome to the Max Out Savings Show. I'm Ted Gioka and we are talking savings investments in your retirement. Our motto and our philosophy is to save aggressively and invest conservatively. That is the key to building up wealth. And so we've got an hour to discuss it and so here we go. Uh it's it's gonna be fun and Today, some of the things we're going to be talking about, we're going to be talking about what's happening in the world, uh, what's happening with your investments, how to retire successfully, and uh, we're to be covering some on uh, NUAs uh, and uh, required minimum distributions. We're going to kind of expand upon that some more. We still see a lot of people don't really have an understanding of that, and and really uh, the world today, a rapidly changing world, and so it's exciting times. And uh, the every day it, it's a it's a new story. Uh, typically, for max out savings advisors for our clients, we're value investors in the stock and bond market. We we manage retirement money. If you have a four hundred k an IRA rollover, uh, you're leaving the company. That's typically you come to us and we'll help you through retirement and manage it. We we tend to be very conservative. We tend to be. Risk adverse, uh, the uh, and really try to catch some of these crises when they uh, happen or avoid the problems out there, which is easier said than done. But but when times get tough, I, I think we're really very very good at, at at what we do, and 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 so uh, we're seeing it, this is one of the more complex times that the the uh, really I I've ever witnessed. I think all of us have ever really witness. Dealing with the markets has always been, understanding them to me has not been tremendously hard. And, and when 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 there was a problem coming up in the market, it wasn't that hard to see it. I mean, listeners of the show uh, basically knew that we were coming up on a financial crisis in 2007. We talked about it here in the Max Out Saving Show. we were virtually the only uh, major uh, financial show Uh, out there that was predicting failures of investment banks in 2007 and we detailed the case Uh, and we really explained that there was problems with their balance sheet and the the housing market was starting to deteriorate. A lot of their, their, their balance sheets were built on the housing markets and because uh, they were engaged in mortgage lending, and it was going to be a huge problem. And at that point in time, they're going to lose funding, which is exactly what they did. We, In our Max Out Savings Report, which we send out free to listeners, we detailed the fact that uh, we showed you their balance sheets and how they were growing. And uh, interestingly, I, I discussed those balance sheets, and part of the balance sheets, I assumed, was customer borrowing, and and it really wasn't even that. It was trading much more... Uh, their balance sheet was built on trading even more than I suspected, and I think most people on Wall Street even suspected. And so, so we've been able to call this uh, at '87. Uh, you know, we our clients were generally out of the market because we were concerned about the the runaway uh, price of the stock market. At the same time, uh, bond yields were skyrocketing. We understood at the time that portfolio insurance could become a massive problem, as as uh, the sellers of that started dropping the market and could lead to a crash. Uh, the reason I say this is, is because today it's even more complex. It's it, You have everybody running around now looking for the problems when back then no one even thought they could possibly exist. And, and now there's many more problems and, and it's much more complicated because you have the Federal Reserve and, and, and everyone running around trying to prevent it this time. So – uh, things never happen like you think they're going to happen, uh, but sometimes you can sort of get an idea of where things are going. and And it's we live in an exceptionally complex world. We the we 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 have a new president coming in with With, with an, uh, a very exciting agenda and uh if you really sit down and analyze uh donald trump 's agenda it's it 's very exciting and it 's very positive for business and One of the things that 's really been disappointing to me with the media is is they 've not really looked at and tried to analyze the whole situation and really try to understa- understand what 's happened uh it 's pretty much divided up into pro and and anti trump camps and uh, to quote uh, one of the presidential candidates here recently, uh, I think it was Huckabee, made the comment that Donald Trump could walk on water, and you know the media would jump up and say, "See, I told you he couldn't swim," and and so it, that's the way you have to look at the world is particularly in your investment business and when you're re- your, for your retirement is look what's happening, what's really happening. Do I really understand what Donald Trump's doing? Is he really doing this? Is he doing something else? What is his plan? And kind of analyze that plan. And if you dig down, there's some really exciting things happening for the United States. There's some really bad things happening out there, too. Uh, And so it's this dichotomy uh, that really is not being well understood out there. Uh, 30 years ago, the press reported the facts and they reported what was happening. And then people could sort of make their judgments. Nowadays, what happens is everything is spun a certain direction. Is this You know, what is this? This, you know, uh, China's stealing our jobs. We have to try to do something about it. Then the press, all the influence people, the PR people, the publicists, the lobbyists get in there and start, you know, singing China's praises. And, And so the American people really don't ever really understand what's happening in the world. If you look, sit back, pull back a little bit, over the last 20 years, China has basically been a mercantilist country. And even though they're communists, they figured, hey, we can create all these jobs for our people. What we'll do is the American companies, multinationals desperately wanting to get into the into, into our country. We're going to limit them and make sure they don't have much influence. We're not going to let them get power in our country at all costs. And so we're going to force them to to engage in 51% joint ventures. We're going to force American companies to give up their technology that they worked 50 years to build to us in order to get into the country. We're going to give tax rebates to make sure that they can export cheaply if their products are produced here, over here, so we can move the jobs all over to our country. And, And, and we're gonna, we're not gonna let American companies influence. We're not gonna let American reporters into the country unless they're vetted. We're not gonna let American movies into the country. We're only gonna let a certain number of them and they have to be pro-Chinese. We wanna get control of the movie industry. So we can, we can, for China, we wanna get control of the media industry. If CNN, which is a global company, says something negative about China, we're gonna threaten them and kick them out of the country, possibly kick them out of the country we're going to sit there and and, and put together a uh, gov- our government agencies we're going to hire hackers to hack into the technology so we're beh- we're behind in in our technology particularly in the military aspects we can't get ahead the united states is 30 years ahead of us what are we going to do to, why don't we ha- put together a hacking army steal the technology from the american companies and put it into our military every aspect of it they w- it was designed to make china great again that to make China, the really remarkable thing about Donald Trump's uh, "Make America Great," he didn't steal that from Ronald Reagan. He stole that from China. China's philosophy has been to make China great again, like they view they have always been in the past, and they view Western countries as putting them down. And they've been remarkably successful at stealing jobs, stealing technology, stealing intellectual property, keep, keeping American companies. So one of the companies we invest in, the largest generic uh drug company in the world. I looked at the map. They have you know they have they have plants in the United States, plants in England, plants in the UK, plants in Africa, plants uh, in in Asia. They have plants in uh Russia. They don't have any plants in China. Because again, the, China wants to control their their dr- they, they want to control everything and they have been incredibly successful at it. So, we're in a world where we're losing jobs, our manufacturing, uh, is being hollowed out in the United States and it's reached the point that it's it's threatening not only just our jobs it's threatening jobs now it's threatening our children's future it's threatening our military capability because if all our military products the if the if key components are made in China if China cuts it off our military is dead in the water and China can take over uh and so every aspect of it the Chinese have shrewdly put together a program to to gain some, global superiority. And the United States has acted like a couple of of babes in the woods. It, yeah, they're like a, a couple country bumpkins rolling up to the city and getting robbed of all their savings. It's unbelievable. So here comes Donald Trump. Now, everyone says Donald Trump comes up and, and says, look, we need to get the jobs back. And the press, uh, the media, uh, the elite class, The Democratic Party said, oh, my God, there's going to be a trade war. We can't let that happen. This is going to be a disaster. The whole world's economy is going to collapse. That's now how not how Donald Trump looks at it. That's not how the conservatives look at it. And that's not how the populists look at it. How Donald Trump looks at this is, look, I want to make America great again like China wants to make America great again for themselves. And there's nothing wrong with what China did. What's wrong is the United States allowed it to happen over the last twenty five years with this under the guise of globalism. And so Donald Trump says, look, we want to have the factories that make the products here in the United States. We can make better products. We have a stable we can maintain quality assurances. Do you realize they're not sure of some of these chips coming over from China that there's not back doors in that could be shut down in the event of a war against the United States. They don't know that there's real concern out there about some of the coding in the chips, uh that that possibly there could be a shutdown. Uh Donald Trump recognizes this and goes, look, we want the factories. To, uh, Prime Minister Abe came to the United States with a package of jobs he's gonna announce. One of them is a company called Sharp is gonna put a flat panel TV. Uh Business here, thousands of jobs for flat panel TVs because we no longer make TVs here. You said, well, Ted, what difference does it make? What do we care about TVs? Let me tell you the reason why we care about that is flat panel displays aren 't just in TVs they 're in computer screens they're in they're in uh, f- smartphones they 're in military electronics they 're in avionics they 're in all types of manufacturing uh components, uh, robotics, all of these things use flat panel screens. And if we don't have the ability to to produce those, we're in trouble. There's only one or two companies in the world that can make the components, that can make the machines, that can produce that. That's Canada and Japan. And so – so what they're saying is is they're going, look, and Foxconn, which is the Taiwanese company, has bought that. So we're going to look, the answer is, look, we've got to have these key components made in the United States. Yes, it's going to cost us a little bit more money, but we assure equality, we assure American jobs, and we assure national security. So Donald Trump has a plan to make America great again. He's going to cut taxes. That's very bullish. He's going to deregulate. That's very bullish. A lot of companies... The dirty secret: a lot of companies moving overseas isn't because they have to pay their workers fifteen, twenty bucks an hour. Nowadays, with robotics and 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 with with assembly lines and manufacturing, we, there's not that many employees. The dirty secret is they don't want to deal with the regulations that they're just draconian regulations put forth by the EPA, by OSHA, by the Department of Labor, by the Energy Department. It's one group after another. That want to mandate every single aspect of, of manufacturing of in the United States, and that's very expensive. If I have to put in all these rules and regulations and put in all these features and all this just absurd type of things, I can't pay my workers – instead i got to take the money out of what i could pay them and give it to to put these rules in place and then one day i go look i can go down to mexico i got no rules i got no regulations i got no safety issues i got no pollution problems i can do whatever the hell i want down there if if there is a problem i pay somebody off that's a great deal for cor- for corporations and so this has got to stop it's not fair to the american people it's particularly not fair to the children of the american people and let me tell you something about people in general they will sit there, the janitor cleaning up you know the janitor cleaning up the your the, the store or the office building or the school or whatever will sit there and suffer and work twelve hour days throughout or nights to because he can't work days he'll work twelve hour nights he woke overtime to try to get his kids to school. he will suffer and eat beans and tortillas if he has to he doesn't mind that or even any worker, the same thing, they'll make sacrifices. But if they view their children's future, they don't have a future, they get really upset, and they will not tolerate that. And the working people in this country, be it the janitor, be it the assembly line worker, be it the engineer, be it the lawyer, be it the doctor or the nurse, all are starting to become concerned about their children's future. Hence, they elected Donald Trump. Donald Trump has a plan. Donald Trump is putting his plan in place. That is very exciting. This is not about Donald Trump. This is about, and you might get mad at me for talking about Donald Trump, but understand Donald Trump has a plan to make America great again, to increase hiring, to create jobs. We should all be pushing for that. Uh, The the idea that the Democratic Party has positioned themselves that every time that there's a new factory coming to the United States, they view that as a failure, is an abject failure on their part. Uh, it, it it's it's it, it and and so we should all be pulling in the same direction and and that's the important thing. If these things start happening, it's very bullish. If we can get the lower tax, if we can get the tax cuts, we, uh, longtime listeners of the Max Out Savings should know know. Look, we have the second highest tax corporate rate corporate tax rate in the entire world. It's not like it's not like and and I tell you where that's really bad. People don't really understand where it's really bad. Most corporations don't pay that top rate. They move overseas, they get a special tax exemption. When you have the highest second highest corporate tax rate in the world, Every single corporation has to hire a lobbyist to get a tax break in Washington, D.C., which means everybody's got to be in Washington, D.C. all the time working Washington, D.C., which means crony capitalism. If you cut the tax rate to a low rate of 20 percent and you get rid of all the special interest deductions, then no one has to be up there lobbying all the time because everybody's got the same deal. So this this is – this is how – and that is very – so people will start putting factories back here rather than moving overseas. It's like, hey, we're not saving that much money. The second thing he's he's going to do is they're going to do a special tax break for money overseas. There's 3 to $4 trillion of corporate money parked overseas because they don't – if they bring it back into the country, they may be paid 20 percent tax in Europe. If they bring it back here, they have to pay another 20 percent to 40 percent tax rate. To bring it over here, so they don 't want to do it, so rather than investing in plan and equipment here they 're putting the, building the plan overseas because of the tax situation, so he 's going to make a level playing field but level playing field on the low taxes, so everyone 's got the same playing field level playing field on the tax rate around the world, so it encourages companies to build factories here, to hire workers to build plan and equipment, it increases jobs, it increases real estate prices it those jobs those factories. Uh, create tax revenue for the cities, tax revenues for the state, the county, real estate taxes go up. Everybody wins in this game. It, it, and so then you you enact a set of regulations. Let's look at the drug industry. we made some purchases in, dr- in the drug. Donald Trump is going to get tough with the drug companies. The drug companies ha- have co- have come in and, and put high prices on their drugs. And they go, look, hey it's cost us tens of millions hundreds of millions of dollars for this drug we have to sit there and price it well here here's a dirty secret about the drug companies they've been charging high prices but then every year they're bumping the price of their drugs up 3 or 4 or 5 or 7% per year let's look at the oil companies if they find a big field you drill a couple wells oh this is going to be a sure thing right here uh, we we're, we're putting down we're we're putting a well down in the gulf of mexico it's going to cost $50 million, it's a deep water, but this looks exciting. We think that, that there could be a half a billion barrels of oil. We're going to make a fortune. They drill the well, boom, it's dry. They drill another one elsewhere, it's dry. They finally get another well, they get fined a half a billion barrels of oil. This is great. They put in the infrastructure. The oil starts coming out of the ground, that which is about the same amount of money that they cost the drug companies put in. The oil company can't every year come out come to the American public and go, look, we're raising the price of that from that oil well coming out. We're raising it seven percent, uh, we're raising it three percent, we're raising it seven percent, we're putting in a ten percent tax. Uh, increase in the price of oil. And people go, no, whoa, well, you don't understand. It's market forces. You're going to get whatever the price of oil is, and that's it. The drug companies are coming up and saying, look, you can't negotiate with us, and we're jacking the price up. you got to control that. So people go, uh-oh, this is a disaster for the drug companies. But wait. Donald Trump comes and says, look, here's what I'm going to do for you guys. Lower taxes, less regulation, and if 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 the drugs look promising, we're going to pressure the the uh, fed, uh, the, fed, the food and drug administration, the to inc- to get these drugs to market quicker, so they're not going to cost you as much money to develop. That's very bullish. But we're going to negotiate, and you guys aren't going to be jacking up the price of your drugs. He's looking at this logically, like a businessman. Uh, we, we we did one of our seminars uh, Thursday night down in Clear Lake. It was a lot of fun. Uh, By the way, we're doing another one next week uh, in uh, the Energy Corridor, Katy Energy Corridor area. We we talked some about this. Donald Trump looks at this like an average businessman. He goes, well, wait a minute. How can you keep raising prices 7% a year even though your development costs are already sunk and you're charging us a very high price? And so he's looking at things on a much more logical way. Well, the 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 wall came out. They leaked out the information. They want to build the wall in Mexico. Uh, yeah, somehow, Reuters gets a copy of the of of the of the uh, report before the president does, which I don't obviously leaked by a by a, a, a Obama appointee. But it looks like the walls could cost twice as much. Donald Trump hears about it, looks and goes, "Well, no, no, no." Go back to the drawing boards and let's review it and find a cheaper way to build the wall. The problem in the United States of America is every time bureaucrats have come up with a solution, people at the top have said, "Okay, let's do it. Nobody at the top of this country has said, wait a minute, isn't there a better way? Why aren't we negotiating? Why aren't we getting tough? Can't we make it cheaper? Can't we do it better? Can't we do it quicker? And and that is a huge thing. This is very bullish for the United States of America. If he can get jobs, if he can build jobs, if he can build factories, if he in the future, factories are going to be robotic, more and more robotics if If you can build those fact, you't you're going to need less and less workers, and people are saying well that that 's bad for well if we 're going to need less and less workers, exactly why is the the factory being built in China because supposedly it was the labor cost, so clearly it's not the labor cost why isn't the factory being built here? We want the future of planet Earth built in the United States of America. And that's what Donald Trump has said. The Democrats, Barack Obama said, those jobs are gone. There's nothing we can do about it. The globalists said, look, we're going to have all this stuff. We're going to be a service country. None of this is going to be built here. Why not? We're the best country in the world. We have the best rules. We have the best Rule of law of anywhere in the world we have the best accounting system, so we ha we make sure we have what we 're getting is true numbers in the world we have the the hardest working people in the world we have the cleanest one of the cleanest environments in the world we're probably close to really in many cases better than even Europe why aren't these things being done here that 's what donald trump says that 's exciting that 's very bullish now then here 's the problem let's say the Democrats in the, in the – I'm not even going to pick on the – the, the media and the East Coast and elites don't like Donald Trump. They get their way. Donald Trump fails. It all doesn't work. You know, I told you so. See, where are we at that point in time? Has anyone asked themselves we have no future for the United States? China is a basket case. China added $3 trillion of debt in the last three quarters – the first three quarters of 2016 – that's more than we have ever added in the United States when our economy at times has been twice as big. In, in de- they, they're running a, a a debt-based Ponzi scheme to try to keep that country going. Their debt levels are skyrocketing in China. They've added more debt than in the last eight years than the total banking system of the United States and Germany combined, or the United States and Japan combined. It, they are – Overdebted, their country is a massive pollution problem. We've talked about it in this show. There's tens of millions of acres of farmland polluted that they're growing crops on and shipping around the world. Uh, I've seen some numbers, up to 7% of their farmland is polluted by toxins over there in China. Uh, The air is so bad, people can't breathe. They're heavily indebted. It's a communist country. It's corrupt, and it's falling apart. If that comes apart... What are the odds What are the China is going to boom from here? Not much. Let's take a look at Europe. Europe never restructured their banking system after the financial crisis in 2008. Some of, their, some of the banks have 20% bad loans in Italy and places like that. They're in financial trouble. But it's even worse for, Italy, for Europe. We had the Brexit where the EU is pulling away from Europe. France is going to vote on uh, – they might put Le Pen in there. She, she wants to pull out of the euro as well. The, the Italians later this year are going to be a vote. The Italians want to get out of the year. The euro is breaking up. The euro is breaking up. China is falling apart. If Donald Trump fails, the world is going into a global recession that's going to be very, very bad. Everybody – the reason I say this and for the little talk here today is everybody really should be pulling for Donald Trump because if – If we can't, we're the engine that's going to pull the world out and remake the world. If we can't do it, there's going to be big problems. And I want you to understand that. There's real opportunity. There's also real danger in here. And and so we're going to see what's going to happen next. Tell you what, we're coming up here on a quick break. If you haven't signed up for our free newsletter, uh, go to the website, maxoutsavings.com. We had a lot of fun in Clear Lake at our seminar. We got one more seminar coming up. We don't do many of these. It's going to be next Thursday. It's a free seminar. Go to the website at maxoutsavings.com com will be right back after this quick break.
0: The Max Out Saving Show with Ted Gioka is taking your calls now at 713-339-1070. Ted Gioka will return after these messages. Downtime with your family? That's good. Downtime for your hydraulics-enabled equipment? Not so good. Cranes, specialized haulers, bucket and digger trucks. When they're not working, you're losing ground.
2: Hi, I'm Sam Malone. You know me as the host of The Morning Show right here on AM1070, The Answer. But I'm also the owner of Houston's cutting-edge media company called 512 New Media. At 512 New Media, we create amazing videos that companies use on their websites, telling their story in bold colors with exciting animation and graphics. At 512 New Media, we also shoot television commercials and instructional videos. And if you want to show off your business from the air... We're ready to go with our drone video aircraft. Let us help you create your media message. We're online at 512newmedia.com or call 281-822-8803. 512 New Media is Houston's only media creation and distribution company that's actually owned by someone who's currently on the air. And that gives us an incredible edge when creating content for consumers to use on their laptops, tablets, and smartphones. Standing by to create your message. We're 512 New Media, 512 New Media dot com. Maybe I did love you quite
1: as often as I could have. Maybe I'd treat you. Welcome back to the Max Out Saving Show. Little Willie Nelson there. Uh the uh a couple things here. Uh the markets by the way, if you got a question or comment, seven one three 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 nine ten seventy. 1070 the uh, I, I a couple things you need to know. One of our things we we talk a lot about China. I think China, our relationship with China, this is the big the big battle going forward. It's Donald Trump has has put some really tough guys uh, on his in his. He basically has put a lot of of, of very tough critics of China on his uh, on his in his. In his cabinet, not his cabinet, but his top people. A U.S. Trade Representative uh, Robert Litzinger is—he—he he has a t- a very tough record. He wanting to impose tariffs against unfair trading. Uh, Dan uh, D'Amico, a former head of U.S. of of Nucor Steel, complained vociferously about China's uh, steel dumping. In and, and uh, Peter Navarro, uh, he he actually wrote the book "Death by China." Is is his senior trade policy expert. Uh, and he's, uh, his, I've read the book. He really lays out a very damning case for China. Even Steve Bannon basically says, uh, you know, China is going to be, it's going to be. They, they think China is the problem they have to deal with. And, and so, how China reacts back and forth, this is going to be the big battle. I, I, I really think it's, it's the United States and the Soviet Union all over again in the 1960s with China. And, and it, it, uh, it it's going to be tough. And China's not in a good situation. Uh, in uh, the, you know, and in, and in, in you're going to see bumps in the road. You're going to see problems. And that's something we really want to watch. The, a couple a couple things. The market, the market has kind of drifted up a little in, into year end, into the beginning of the year. It's, it, it broke out to new highs just barely, but it's it's fast. This market, this stock market, the S and P 500 has gone 85 days, with without a one percent drop. And it's gone 44 days without a 1% drop or a 1% gain. The volatility, the VIX, is at historic low levels. That actually, if you go back and look, the last time the VIX was this low was really 2007, which is right before the big problems in 2008. It's had 39 days with less than a 1% interdate in a row, in a row, these are all in a row, with less than a 1% interdate trading range. This is unusual, unusually low volatility. This is the probably the lowest volatility we've seen in 35 years. And and you gotta when you see volatility dry up like that, that means something's about to happen. And and the thing that's really surprising with that type of volatility uh, particularly over the last 44, 39, about 40 trading days, very little volatility, very little move. We've seen an awful lot. Donald Trump in the first month and a half has done more than almost any other president uh the the tax we, you know during that time we're going to have the tax plan we're going to cut Obamacare immediately we're going to uh, cut regulation and do a fiscal spending and then all of a sudden that time frame those things have been put off some and the markets are drifting down a little bit but again no volatility we've had you know threats from China no volatility we've had uh, big problems crop up in Europe no volatility it, it, it's it, you're seeing less volatility in the stock market than you're seeing in the in the bond market and that's very unusual, less volatility in the in the stock market than you 're seeing in the gold market again that's something you almost i, I don 't think i 've ever in my lifetime seen some of this stuff and and that tells you something is happening out there uh and and this is something that we really want to watch you 're going to see a substantial break one way or the other uh on this market but but the volatility is just really drying up out there uh. Again, the VIX, which is a a volatility indicator, a lot of people follow. Uh, it's at the same levels it was in 2007. So I I, I think you're you're, you're going to see some things happen. You've seen a lot of volatility. We've had, uh, interestingly, during that the during that 85 days with less than one percent drop in the market, we saw one of the most volatile moves in government bonds we've seen in in 20, 20 years. So the bond market. Typically, the bond market has been very volatile. Uh, currency markets have been very volatile. I'm looking at, at some of the at, at, at the uh, the yen has been extremely volatile. Uh, yen's gone from about eighty two up to a hundred and then back to eighty five. Well, actually, it's gone from about hundred and ten to eighty five. Uh, a drop of about fourteen percent on the major currency, and you've got you've seen uh, a move up in the market, but the Normally, in these type of environments, you would see a lot more volatility. This is something that that we're looking at very closely right now. Uh, I, I think you really have to have a barbell approach to this market. You have to have some things in the market, and you have to have higher levels of cash until we really understand how this is all going gonna, to uh, break down. Uh, uh, one of the really good things that happened this week was Donald Trump said, look, within the next – Three weeks, we're going to see some type of tax bill put out there. I've been told these bills are 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 have been were written last year; uh, they were ready to go, and then it really seems to be it seems to have, have slowed down. I think things are going very well in the House. I think there's a very good relationship with Mike Pence and and uh, and uh, Paul Ryan, and I, I think I think they're they're moving along. The Senate has just become a, a complete basket case. Uh, and there seems to be some value, value, some real just slowdown there. And that, that's a real concern. But i tell you where this – interesting where this is breaking down is one of the big areas of contention is how do you do – how do you – there's going to be some type of border adjustment tax, I believe, which is going to be on imports. And here's the que- – overseas – in China, the, it, it, there is no free trade. In China, the, the, uh, exports are oftentimes given tax credits, even if they're not making any money, they still get a credit. Uh, imports they, they're they're taxed when they come in. In Europe, there's VAT taxes. There's there's all types of te- penalties, customs. This the, we're the only country that seems to be uh, naive enough to play by free free trade out there. So you're going to see some type of. of border adjustment. Now, here's the interesting thing. There's basically four ways you can do it. You can do a tariff. If you use tariff, everyone points to the 1930s is why it didn't come back. I don't believe that for a second. Uh, uh, I I believe a lot of Franklin Roosevelt's liberal policies uh, exacerbated the Depression and made things materially worse. Uh, You could have tariffs. You could have a border adjustment tax, which means you adjust for whatever things. You could have some type of VAT tax, value added tax. And you can also have something that cropped this with This is, this is, I love this one, a, a carbon adjustment tax, a carbon credit. They want to put in a tax on carbon and the selling point, And we've got some Democrats in Schultz and James Baker and Houston. I don't know where the hell he's coming from, uh, uh, but uh, support this carbon tax with the idea that we would have the carbon tax here. Then we'd have to have a carbon adjustment tax, uh, on imports. So we could say, you guys are using more carbon. There's going to have to be an adjustment there. That's a really good idea. But then what China's going to do is they're going to sit there and, 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 and use renewable energy on all their exports and avoid the carbon tax. So that's a trap, uh, that, that carbon adjustment tax. But, but the important thing I want you to understand is, is that there's basically, they're looking at a number of ways to put some type of, of tariff, border adjustment tax, VAT tax, carbon tax, or something. It's looking like there's going to be some type of tax adjustment on imports coming into the United States. Now, it might be on specific areas. It could also be a pollution adjustment tax. Uh, I, I think where we've gone badly wrong on the on the on the carbon tax is I think there should be a pollution tax, and so polluting countries such as China should have to pay a price. I've seen some research that says that China has a fifteen percent manufacturing advantage because of lack of pollution controls. So you should put it that way, and I think the American people are going to be much more supportive of a pollution tax versus a carbon tax, which many people, and particularly the conservatives in this country, view as a a way a way a way to manage industrial policy. Uh, A carbon tax is a socialist central planning uh, planner's dream of how to manage it. Because once you have the carbon tax, you can make exemptions if you put the factory here, there, or elsewhere. And then you can control, you can move your your industrial capacity around the country. You control it. The federal government does. And that's a very dangerous thing. So this is something to watch. Radical, really rapid changing. Uh, there's an old saying of the fog of war, uh, you know, when, when, when in the fog of war, it's hard to get really understand what's happening in uh, the, the, this isn't a war per se, but it is a huge, it's a battle in many ways. The world is very rapid, very, very rapidly changing and and it's very it, it's hard to discern which way it's going we're losing the global order of free trade where no one has a country and no one has a citizenship we're moving away from that belief under Barack Obama in the EU and and uh the Chinese were just going to take advantage of all that uh to a more nation state where where a country has rights and their citizens have rights of citizenship in the country and the government has the right to defend the citizens. And and in many ways, if you sit and study this very closely with Donald Trump, it much more resembles the revolution. It resembles a revolution against the the tyranny of of, of King George. It's the tyranny of Washington and, more importantly, the tyranny of globalists. Uh, putting everything on the backs of the American people. I think this is a revolution. It's very fascinating to me to see this happen. I, and but what's really unusual and unlike anything I've ever seen, and even going back through history, is the low volatility in the in not really the investment markets because you're seeing a lot of volatility in currencies, a lot of volatility in in uh, a lot of volatility in bonds uh, in gold. Uh, in different asset classes, but the stock the United States stock market, the van the volatility is vanishing, and that is a concern. That's something we're gonna watch. If you've got any questions or comments, 713-339-1070. We're working on some ways to avoid that, by the way, and coming up with some investment ideas. Uh I I, I think I think you're gonna see some really interesting things. I think you're seeing a lot of volatility in the currency markets additionally and it's gonna spread. Uh, and I think we could be seeing setting the stage for some rising interest rates in Japan and Germany. Uh, this is something we're working on real hard on. We've identified some new trends, which one of which I think has come out of this meeting with Abe. Uh, you, you could see we can't, they can't let the dollar continue to rise. The alter you're going to have to cut rates here, or if you start raising rates overseas to stabilize the dollar, and I think that's the way it's going to go, and, and that's why we're starting to see rate rate rises in Germany in the United States, big story. But uh, if you got any questions or comments, 713 339 what? Let's take a quick break, boy. I've talked an awful lot today. Uh yeah, we, I, I want to discuss some things on RMDs I want to discuss some stuff on IRAs I haven't gotten around to that uh, if you've got any questions or comments give us a call
0: if you've got savings and investment questions Ted Gioka has answers call the Max Out Savings Show now at 713-339-1070 we'll be right back downtime with your family that's good
1: If you would like some help managing your retirement, go to MaxOutSavings.com to set up an appointment. That's MaxOutSavings.com. Welcome back to the Max Out Savings Show. I'm Ted Gioca, and we are talking savings, investments, and your retirement. Let's take a call to 713-339-1070 from Charles. Hey, Charles. Uh, Hi. Yeah, listen, uh, I just saw
3: a headline earlier in the week here about, uh, I guess, uh, the city's bond rating is coming up here for a review, and it sounds like, uh, from what the article or the thing on television was saying, it sounds like it may not be good. Uh, your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, uh, look, uh, Houston's got to restructure some of their uh, their pensions and make some cuts, uh, and, and the old business has slowed down, and, and so real estate's coming down, so that's going to hurt them some with the taxes. We still have a double A rating, which is actually a very good rating compared to most cities out there, so we're not like Dallas and, and just – in real trouble or places like Chicago that are complete basket cases. So Houston's much better off than, than most, but Mayor Turner's got to do some some uh, some programs that he can get the the city on on sounder footing with the the pensions in particular.
3: So uh, I guess translated, that means uh, expect some fee increases and taxes, tax increases as a result. Is that what I'm kind of hearing?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's going to take a lot of everything across the board. But but what what you understand on this, Charles, is really it's a much better – we are in so much better shape than most other cities out there.
3: Well, the the so-called negotiations, uh, ha, has that been concluded or does that still need to take place with the uh, firemen and the police? Yeah, you know,
1: I don't follow that part real closely uh, on the local stuff.
3: I see. But, okay, but I guess it's it's mainly the pension pension obligations. That yeah, the, and,
1: and, and he, did, I mean, this has been put in place for twenty years, and it's really caused co- not twenty, about fifteen years, and it's really caused a lot of problems.
3: Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, if you don't do anything, look what's happening to Dallas, where they could have to declare bankruptcy. Yeah,
3: yeah. Well, hopefully, we don't have to go down that road.
1: Yeah, uh, we've always had a really good city government. Hopefully, it's going to continue. Uh, compared to other cities, you have no idea what goes on in other big cities.
3: Right, right. Okay, just thought I'd ask. Okay, appreciate it.
1: Good, call, good uh, question, Charles. Thanks. Let's take a, a quick call from Oscar. Hello, Oscar.
4: Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Charles, talk about things that we've talked about. All these pension funds all over the place. Uh, they're you know, they're all over the. I mean, a lot of these cities are really in trouble all over the United States, it's, uh, and and it's 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 going to be. It's, I don't know about this Houston here, but boy, there's a lot of cities here with a lot of problems all over the United States. Let's yeah, happen- yeah. I mean, look, right?
1: Yeah, Oscar. I mean, here's the deal: is most corporations out there, most of them, you don't even get a pension anymore. You just have a 401k plan, <laughs> and, and most governments still, mm-hmm. a lot of them are still on the pensions. Houston's done some work to move it to the 401k, but but these legacy programs out there are really gotten extraordinarily expensive, and, and the rest of the American people don't have those benefits, and, and so. We're much more fortunate. Dallas, Dallas could declare bankruptcy. Chicago is a basket case. Is being, you know, is insulting baskets. we so about. So it's, it's
4: all part of the same bubble, the the bond bubble we're talking about. It's, yeah, it's yeah, the, the debt crisis, right? Yeah, you, you can't know, get any last, returns. Last year we had like a what's it like a trillion dollars in operating uh, operating of the United States uh, lost last year a, a trillion dollars something yeah, like that. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I, I want to talk to you about the evaluations on the uh, on stocks. Uh, right now we're at about twenty six or something. How 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 can this thing go thirty, thirty five before we get in trouble with the you know with the the valuations?
1: Look, I, I had a I, on my seminar uh, Thursday night. I had a slide of of price to sales, which is at record high levels. And what worries me is I think most of these corporations are over earning. They're under investing. They're not pay, they're not giving their workers raises. They're buying back stock to to boost the price per share and i think I think they're over earning uh, I think the market's very expensive we're starting to look for some at growth, some real we're at at me, medium sized growth companies I'm trying to do a bunch of research on that that can profit from the Trump presidency because I think I can get those at a reasonable p e multiple A lot of these big capitalization stocks their their multiples are are too expensive they're very expensive and there's an old uh saying from from Warren Buffett, it, the stock market is the only place in the world where you're a pitcher uh, uh, you're, you're, and you're like Ted Williams and you just keep hitting ball. Up. You, you, there's no, th- You don't get three strikes. As long as you don't invest, you can keep waiting for the right pitch. And right now there's a whole bunch of uh, of nasty sliders coming at you that you, you're going to have a hard time hitting because hey, the market is so understand. expensive.
4: One thing I don't understand about this market is why everybody, you know, the, the night of the election – why all these? Why all these people came to the same conclusion at, within two, three hours, and made a bull market that uh, within three hours? Do they all drink the same Kool Aid, these people? Or I mean, <laughs> I mean, if you are an analyst, you're an analyst. It takes you, you know, a month, maybe, maybe two weeks, months, and all these analysts came to the same conclusion of a bullish market all at, within three hours.
1: Yeah, no, it's that's probably the best question I've heard in. Several months. I look. I, I think that is, and I think how it comes down. I what? think they were all repeating every everything they were hearing out there. Uh, mm-hmm. Maria Bartiroma made a comment that I think it was Maria uh, that that she talked to the president. You know, she talked to the president of a big investment bank. You know, one of the, of the probably big four or five, and and. uh and, and uh he was saying look everyone no one supports donald trump they all hate him this market's going to completely fall apart and then she interviewed some portfolio manager uh the next day from the same company or you know someone uh investment banker portfolio manager and, and when they were off the air he was like look maria uh Every, uh, everyone around him, most people in, in, in my group support Donald Trump. I think everyone was afraid publicly to say they like Donald Trump, even though they supported, it. Uh, because it's the only thing. The market fell 800 points and then suddenly reversed. It, we thought it was going to fall the 800 points over a couple of weeks, and then we were going to make our move and really increase our r Well, sure. And, and what happened is I think everyone else was thinking the same thing. And then when it started going up, all of a sudden everyone really jumped on the bandwagon, and if you listen to people, if if you ask people publicly, what are the, particularly executives? Oh, we're concerned about this. Donald Trump's going to do this. This it's horrible. If you ask these people privately, they'll tell you, hey, this is could be really good. These tax cuts, the, this deregulation, we're excited. We're looking to put in plant and equipment. So. It, what what happened is the media convinced everyone in this country that Donald Trump was so irresponsible and he would never be elected and it was never going to happen, and so they were all afraid to say what they really thought.
4: Yeah, the only thing, like I said on this thing yeah, I, I could see where people get bullish, fine. But in in three hours or four hours, I, I mean... Uh, that's
1: remarkable. Message? It's
4: that, that to me, I, you know, you, you go to... Uh, these guys have more meetings, and, you know, it'll take a week or so to analyze what the hell they're going to do with their companies or their uh, hedge funds or whatever. But all these guys at the same time, there's something that there's something mechanically wrong with the way it was done, and there's something I can't see with everybody at three o'clock in the morning. Oh, no!
1: Would, I tell you what, look, I, I, I was that. up. Look, I, I was up in I was up in Dallas with one of the top uh, House Republicans uh, that night, having dinner with him, and I uh, driving back to Houston late that night in the car. I had the the satellite radio on. I was monitoring this all over the place, and the markets falling. I'm on the phone the whole way back to Houston, and. And then all of a sudden, it it acted exactly like I thought it was going to. And we were, and, and then we were going to make some. And what happened is, everyone else was was basically thinking what I was. They just weren't telling everybody what they really believed.
4: Well, it's a it's a it's a heck of a deal. It's like I said, it's a, if they think that way, then uh, then someday in the future they're going to do the same thing and go the opposite direction. Yeah, no, and this is really the danger. And
1: but hey, but I'd like to talk about that. But coming up on a heart at the end of the show. So thanks a lot, Oscar. Uh, no, I think Oscar's got some great points. One thing I wanted to cover: uh, there's some changes in the IRS rules which we're working on. Uh, if you have an, uh, 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 a, if you done an IRA rollover and you forgot to, and you, and you waited too long to put the money back in past 60 days, there's some new IRS rulings. That you can go to your firm and ask them to sit there. If it's just a little bit late or something happened that you've got a really good excuse, ask them to change it up and send a letter to them. You can get that money put in There's Some real changes on that front, uh, which I think is kind of interesting. Uh, I, I wanted to also touch, uh, I wanted to cover this some more in the future. I want the difference between the required minimum distributions. A Roth doesn't require minimum distributions, but one thing I'm hearing about possible tax, remember we got a big tax bill coming up. There's going to be a lot of a lot of shaking up of the of, of the tax system in that bill. You could see a requirement for required minimum distributions on Roths. Right now, they're not required unless, unless you inherit a Roth. You could see some big changes coming up there. I will talk about that in the the next show. By the way, we've got one more seminar coming up in, in the uh, Energy Corridor area Thursday. It's a free seminar. We're going to be talking a lot about this stuff, uh, 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 investing in the Trump world. Just go to the website to sign up for it. Uh, it's maxoutsavings.com. And also sign up for our free newsletter if you need help with your retirement assets, if you, your IRA rollover. That's what we do. We manage retirement money and retirement assets at Max Out Savings Advisors using our value investing approach. I'd like to help you out. So if you need some help, go to the website, maxoutsavings.com. I hope everyone has a great weekend. We'll see you next week right here on the Max Out Savings Show. This has been the
0: Max Out Savings Show with Ted Gioca, a presentation of Max Out Savings Advisors. Produced by Doug Harris and Noisemaker Communications. Join us next Saturday at 10 a.m. for the Max Out Savings Show with Ted Gioca on AM 1070, the answer.